We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. Okay. All right. So I'll just this week. So then this week we got myself, Mikey Him, and Wardy Him from the Turn Lefts Podcast. We've got Evan Him from Left of the Projector Podcast. How's it going, you guys? Hey, it's thanks for having good. me. So let's uh, we'll jump right into it. Let's see what we got for topics tonight. What do you guys feel like starting with? Do you guys want to start with like the Chinese quote unquote spy base in Cuba? Do you want to start off with like the TED talk? Do you want to start off with uh, Trump talk. getting indicted again? <laughs> I mean, like, which version of this Chinese spy base story? Because there's been, like, three different versions in the last four days. Let's start with that one, because we can probably do that one pretty quick. But um, the only thing I have on it is that uh, it was a Reuters article, like, where they're saying, like, the Pentagon themselves is saying, yeah, we don't really like this Wall Street Journal article saying that there's a spy base. We don't have any evidence to go along with that. I'll see if I can find it if you want to talk for a minute. Lord. Yeah, uh, I got it here in the uh, chat. Oh, cool. Um, the Reuters article. Like you, so you, like, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Ward, sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, so, like, June 7th, Wednesday, like, late, I guess late in the evening, Wall Street Journal published the article that China is planning to build a spy base in Cuba, uh, in Cuba citing anonymous U.S. officials, which they're lying. Um, same day, uh, Pentagon statement published by Reuters denies any such claim and denies any information pointing to such a claim. Also, Cuba's Vice Minister of Foreign Affairs stated that all these are fallacies promoted with the deceitful intention of justifying the unprecedented tightening of the blockade, destabilization, and aggression towards Cuba, and of deceiving public opinion in the U.S. and the world. Uh, Chinese uh, foreign minister also denied any such claims. But then uh, June 10th, Saturday, rolls around. Uh, anonymous Biden admin slash White House official, depending on which outlet you're reading, um, confirms the presence of the Chinese spy base and that it's actually not in the plans. But shocker, it's been operating for at least two years. So it went from originally they're planning on making a deal with Cuba to the tune of billions of dollars for a spy, a future spy base in Cuba. Then no such thing denied by the Pentagon and everybody. Then another anonymous source going, actually, it's been up and running and we should be scared of this. <laughs> Yeah, so that's this where we're is, at now. It feels like the classic projection from the United States being like, oh, they've been doing this thing for two years when in like a few weeks we're going to find out the U.S. has been doing some other normal U.S. thing for the past two years. And it's like their, their little cover story. So I mean, like, even if true, even if true, Cuba is a sovereign nation. Uh, they're fucking allowed to host other spy bases if they so choose. Um, hell, they can host Chinese missiles if they fucking so choose. That's how sovereign countries Please work. Do. <laughs> but like, it's like the levels of hypocrisy going on here is hilarious because you have not just the U.S. going, oh, they can't have a spy base in Cuba while the U.S. has a military intelligence, military and torture facility in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, like... If the point is being upset at China having like an international spy base, uh, that just pales in comparison to the reality of the extensive, immense U.S. military complex with its 800 fucking known military base, over 800 known military bases and tons of fucking CIA NSA black sites like and hundreds of them in, in like near China. 
Yeah, this yep. is like the weirdest, like cherry picking hypocrisy. Like it's just so absurd. But you know, anything to make China bad. It's just that's just how the U.S. is these days. It is funny to me. Like if you just respond, like I've seen it in comment sections where people are talking about this spy base, and if you just say, "What is the Cuban line on it?" Like the Cuban state's line on this is actually, it is not a spy base. It's some kind of. Uh, I don't even know what they're saying it is or if they're saying that it's anything. I think they're just admitting that they have some kind of partnership with China. Keep um, it just straight up like, no, there's nothing to this. Yeah, they said it's like a demonization com campaign by the U.S. to further uh, strengthen support for sanctions and regime change measures that they're already doing. They have been doing for the 1960s. Um, and if you just say that the what the Cuban state line is, which is that actually there's no spy base and it is the U.S. who is illegally running a torture facility military base on Cuba um, that Cuba will not consent to, but the U.S. just does it anyway by force. Um, people laugh. Like, people think that that's literally funny. I've seen people respond with that, with LOL to that in comments. And it really just goes to show how propagandized people are in America that reality seems fictional to them. Because that is the truth. Like, it literally is the truth that there is not a Chinese spy base and the U.S. is illegally occupying land. They send a $4,000 check every year to Cuba that they do not cash because they will not acknowledge Never. the U.S.'s presence. Um, but that's the reality of the world. And the U.S. has concentration camps and still cannot prove that the Uyghur genocide is happening at all. So I don't know what like reality liberals and Americans are living in, but it's not the real one. It, it reminds me of the reports. I feel like they've kind of like gone away. They're in like Fox News and the New York Post and all these things about like the Chinese police stations in New York City and other like major cities where they're like, oh, they have they're like, you know, they're. Policing people in you know in in uh, in New York City, and it's just basically like a place you go to like get your passport or documents and other just like normal things that you would do if you would go to like the consulate. And it's I, I was on a trip, and I heard people talking on a bus about how like China was taking over the major cities because of this police thing. Like they were legitimately afraid. Or do you do you have a bit on those already? Because I have just my own pet theory. I haven't looked into them at all because I'm assuming you have. But I just have I mean, a theory that the Chinese state has a functioning apparatus for its foreign citizens who are in other countries. Whereas oh. if you're a U.S. citizen and you're in a foreign country, God forbid you got to find the embassy and get some services because you're going to be shit out of luck with that underfunded piece of shit embassy. So I have a feeling they're, again, making scaremongering about a functioning state program. I mean, so this is just back to like me pointing, loving to point out like the blatant hypocrisy and the like, you know, like you shouldn't shit if you live in a glass house. Like <laughs> you want to talk shit about China International Police Stations. How many are there? What are they saying? Like less than 10, right? Mm -hmm. Is the number in most of the media? Yeah. There's 13 international NYPD stations. Explain that. Just NYPD. <laughs> Yeah, just NYPD. This remember the same NYPD that if New York became its own sovereign country, the NYPD would be the third most funded military in the world. Like same NYPD. Yeah, in case you aren't aware, it would be literally the US, China, NYPD in terms of military spending. Before above North Russia. Korea and anybody. Yeah, above Russia and North Korea and like all them. That's why NYPD if it's own. In, in Ukraine because they don't have the NYPD. <laughs> yeah, so it's like what the fuck are you doing with 13 of them? And you want to say talk some shit on some Chinese ones? Like, yeah, no. they apparently like arrested people something better. for like secret police, supposedly. And then I feel like they kind of like quietly just 
forgot about it, kind of like wished it away. Like it, I, there's like, all these news in like April, they supposedly arrested the FBI, a bunch of like secret police in New York as part of yeah. these police things. And then it just kind of like disappeared probably because it wasn't true. Probably <laughs> that. And the fact that it already like does its damage, right? Like these stories come out and people on the bus are talking about it. Oh, secret Chinese police. And then that's it. I choose to believe that we never heard about it again because it was too embarrassing. I'm going to call back to the story of when they tried to make it like a scare story that China like killed a bunch of CIA operatives that were in other countries and everybody just like air horning all over the place because it was so great. I choose to believe that they actually did arrest those guys and then the US media stopped talking about it because it's just just an L. Yeah, they like had nothing on them and they just had to release them the next day. Um, All right, do we want to move topics? We want to talk about something else? We do the TED Talk if you guys want to talk about Ted Kaczynski. So, RIP to a real one. <laughs> he had some good ideas. <sighs> so, I'm aware of the bit. I do want to start off. I will... Um, let me shout out, first and foremost, the Proletarist page, because I love that page. Um, during the uh, recent fucking drama that I'm not getting into, but I just described to you, uh, Evan, I had, like, blocked them just over some bullshit because I suspected him of being, like, some kind of op or something, but they're not. They're just a cool guy. Dude from Philly. Sorry, I'm just like stalling while I'm looking for this stuff. So yeah, please follow the proletarist proletarist page. Uh, you have to put a zero for the first O if you're on Instagram, but on Twitter it's just proletarist. So I'll start off with his own tweet. He said, "Ted Kaczynski was a smelly incel, incel an MK Ultra <laughs> casualty, and and an anti-left muddlehead whose vision of a perfect world was just a sad reductio ad absurdum expression of the rugged individualism that is dominant in the neoliberal West." Rip bozo. <laughs> He's not wrong. Because, I mean, that's the thing I guess I want to underscore here is, like, for all the, I guess, fetishizing that the left does or quote-unquote left does over Ted Kaczynski for um, doing some fucking terrorist shit, I, I wouldn't exactly call that praxis. Um, I guess the one good thing I would say about him is that, like, my buddy Kyle actually said this earlier today, credit to him, he's like, back when a manifesto wasn't just a racist rant, it's like, those were the days. Like, he's not wrong about that. I mean, he had a couple good ideas. <laughs> But no, I think I think actually, the more you get into it, like Ted Kaczynski actually did have some like racist, and regardless of like how far right he may have been, he's definitely become a darling for the far right. Like they fucking love him, and they've taken him on as theirs. Well, that that's like the thing about these. I feel like you can see who ends up latching on to someone, like kind of tells you what you need to know about that person. And obviously, the right will latch on to like movies that are making fun of them and be like, "This is cool." Like. American Psycho or something, but you know, there's still for people like Ted Kaczynski. I feel like when if that's their person and their ideas that they actually think are good ideas, yeah. it's probably because they're shitty ideas to like the actual left. Usually, I don't know. You had a couple good ideas. <laughs> Another one here. Somebody tweeted. They go, uh, "It's a picture of his cabin," and they go, "R.I.P. Ted Kaczynski. We would be living in a Stone Age paradise right now if your scumbag brother hadn't betrayed you." And then somebody responded to him. They said. Yeah, his plan of blowing off someone's fingers every few months was just about to bring an end to industrial society. He was so close. Well, it's funny. If you like Google search about him and eco fascism, you end up getting a bunch of stuff where it says a lot of stuff that he wrote, his own pieces. And you have to like even get to like the second or third page in Google, which no one ever goes to, to find actual pieces critiquing like some of the stuff he says, which I find. Interesting, especially well, my theories on Google. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, 
that's not outlandish results. at all. I don't I don't think that's outlandish at all to say that Google would have like a far right bias. I mean, just as a oh. capitalist company, like why wouldn't it? But I mean, now that you say that, there's, here's another good tweet. So this is from at Jewish Worker. And they say, now is as good a time as any to remind folks that Kaczynski was basically a black-pilled white supremacist and not actually a green anarchist, contrary to popular belief. And they quote like a piece from what looks like a Wikipedia page. And it says, a significant portion of the document, his manifesto, is dedicated to discussing left-wing politics, with Kaczynski attributing many of society's issues to leftists. He defines leftists as, quote, mainly socialists, collectivists, politically correct types, feminists, gay and disability activists, animal rights activists, and the like. He believes that over-socialization and feelings of inferiority are primary drivers of leftism, and derides it as, quote, one of the most widespread manifestations of the craziness of our world. Kaczynski adds that the type of movement he envisions must be anti-leftist and refrain from collaboration with leftists, as in his view, quote, leftism is in the long run inconsistent with wild nature, with human freedom, and with the elimination of modern technology. He also criticizes conservatives, describing them as, quote, fools who whine about the decay of traditional values, yet enthusiastically support technological progress and economic growth. Things he argues have led to this decay. So he's right on. He's got the trash future line dead on, which is conservatives hate the problems, but or hate the symptoms, but think the disease is very good. Um, that's But his critique of leftists just sounds exactly like the fucking boilerplate, right-wing, emotional critique of leftists, and actually the neoliberal critique of leftists too, which is that we're all just like idealist utopianists or something. It's like, that's what you say about people who have a more morally coherent view, but you want to maintain your class position and privilege, so you don't want to acknowledge that view, basically. R.I.P. Berkeley professor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More from the Jewish worker Twitter account. They say, in this piece, he argues that leftists fighting for social justice issues are actually enforcers for the system he wishes to see dismantled. Um, so it's a tiny quote here, but he says, in this way, the activists are able to maintain the illusion that they are rebelling against the system. But the illusion is absurd. Agitation against racism, sexism, homophobia, and the like no more constitutes rebellion against the system than does agitation against political graft and, cor- and corruption. Those who work against graft and corruption are not rebelling, but acting as the system, as the system's enforcers. They are helping to keep the politicians obedient to the rules of the system. Those who work against racism, sexism, and homophobia similarly are acting are acting as a system enforcers. They help the system to suppress the deviant, racist, sexist, and homophobic attitudes that cause problems for the system. And you can tell that's where fucking Ted goes wrong because it's two things. He just calls it the system, which is like such a fucking teenage, like edgy fucking teenager way of going about having a kind of political analysis at all. But to say that the system has any problems caused by racists or homophobes or anything as if it doesn't fucking adopt them welcomingly like with open arms into it like i don't know what system he's talking about you think that ted kaczynski has read like marxist theory he can't have like he was too busy with math i think (laughs) i mean given that his time to have read all this time i mean you'd think at some point you would especially given he's would consider himself an intellectual probably so i don't know no i would imagine he probably did read some marx but it actually sounds like what happens to fucking white dudes in America who get politically radicalized and they read like the old theorists. Like we were talking before the show, like some of the problematic views that people 200 years ago have when they're fucking old white dudes in Germany, like in the fucking 1800s. Like, yeah, they say some racist shit. And as leftists, you should know to abandon the fucking problematic shit and take whatever is good out of these works. But if you only read those and then you don't read any like indigenous theorists, you don't read any like modern Marxists or anybody who's like adopted these things like to the modern day and taken into account indigenous struggles or like the struggles of like any kind of marginalized group, 
then of course you're going to come away with this like this view that all the leftists are the blue-haired SJWs and like they have an unrealistic struggle or something. Like it doesn't, it's not coherent, which is why his fucking railing against the system, man. It's like go watch the Matrix again. Like it's like it's silly. Like <laughs> yeah, you can. It's it's obvious he's not read. You know, he didn't. He hasn't read. He doesn't like understand like the neo-colonial struggle or any of these. You know, uh, socialist projects or anything. He just has this. Uh, I, I'm trying to like. It's funny. Usually, I feel like people go from like anarchist left to sort of if they're going towards like reading theory, they go that way. Like when people when they're younger, like I don't know either your like specific trajectories, but like you could go from like very left anarchist towards that. But he kind of just stayed there, mm. then like almost went further. I hate using like the you know the. Uh, What's the theory? The stupid uh, horseshoe, oh, horseshoe theory kind of shit. But it almost feels like he was like very left, but almost did actually go further to the left about uh, to the right almost. But I don't know. I hate, I hate just, horseshoe theory. It's just so weird how that always happens to like white straight dudes who get radicalized. And it doesn't seem to happen to like the people of color or like the gay people who get radicalized. It's like those people always seem to find uh, the accepting versions of leftism and they don't find this like weird mix of like libertarian far right views and also some socialist things we don't know what to call that weird mix of like national socialism like what do you what do you call that <laughs> it's like yeah the more i read about this um because the jewish marxist uh sorry the jewish worker twitter really went on him they have another one here and they say hear me out what if people's civil rights are actually tangible things with material consequences for their lives and livelihoods and abandoning their defense to seek one's own liberation from the constraints of living in a society is selfish bullshit and again another piece from ted's manifesto he says if you push victimization issues such as racial racism sexism homophobia or poverty you are not challenging the system's values and you are not even forcing the system to back off or compromise you are directly helping the system all of the wisest proponents of the system recognize that racism sexism homophobia and property are harmful to the system and this is why the system that work system itself works to combat these and similar forms of victimization and again that, that that's where he's wrong like maybe in name only. And this is exactly the mistake that all the conservatives make. It's like, I've literally seen conservatives now trying to argue that leftists who claim to be anti-capitalists now love corporations all of a sudden because we don't think it's right to assault target workers when they're just trying to like put clothes on the shelf just because you don't like stand that the target CEOs have taken um, and are perfectly insulated from any violence you're going to do from the workers. Like, yeah, we actually think it doesn't make sense to do that kind of insane just bullshit like violence against fellow workers but uh yeah apparently that means that we fucking love corporations now because once again the right takes corporations at their word which is a silly thing to do like if you really are a capitalist if you really consider yourself a proponent of their free markets and you claim like you understand economics you should understand that companies are lying to you when they advertise so if they say that they're in favor of gay rights you should not look at their advertisements you should look at like the things that they actually fund where they get their money like how they make their products who they're exploiting it's like you would think that these things would be easy to figure out. Raytheon does pride stuff. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, did did you did you um? Oh, what I was gonna say. Did did you? Uh, are you using a corporate uh, computer and internet service while you told me that? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I can't. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, doesn't work. There is some more of that Kaczynski quote. He says, "Quote: Sweatshops with their low pay and wretched working conditions." may bring profit to certain corporations, but wise proponents of the system know very well that the system as a whole functions better when workers are treated decently. 
in making an issue of sweatshops, you are helping the system, not weakening it. That doesn't make sense. Like, that doesn't fucking make Like, I guess if he's saying, like, okay, I guess in his point of view, if you really want to try and roll back to primitive times, yeah, it would make sense to just do anything, I guess, that seems like that is counterproductive because I guess our idea would be you want to build socialism. So, yes, you should make conditions better for workers because that will lead to a productive society that actually is able to produce things. But if you're not against industrialization, that sounds good. But if you are, then, yeah, you want to just destroy everything. But his his take that racism and, like, all these uh, bigotry, like, different bigotries and forms of discrimination weaken the system is right. But to say that, like, you're fighting against those things and it's going to strengthen the system assumes that the system is taking you seriously in your struggles, which it has shown time and again that it does not do. Like, it will co-opt them and make no material changes, but it will not actually take you seriously and cater to your struggles for equality. Like, I, I feel like that's, again, teenage-level stuff. Like, people figure that out really early on, I thought. Well, it just makes it completely unrelated to what he's saying, but it, just, it reminds me, like, you can't, at this point, like, we've gone through the Industrial Revolution. We have these giant tech companies. We have Amazon. We have all these things. Like, in a post-revolutionary world you're going to use those things as they you know as they are but in a more economic you know not economical more uh ethical way that actually would help people so i don't know you you have these technologies but they they exist you're not gonna let's it's like the movie uh, uh escape from la i don't know if you've seen it i just did an episode of this but like the, the like the device that they have is like the weapon is that it can like wipe out the technology in your like in a place like to the Stone Age, like it just wipes away technology, mm-hmm. and you know Kurt Russell's character at the you know spoiler if you at the end of the movie he uses it on like the world, so everyone in the world has now gone back, and it's like this, uh, like, you know, screw the whole world, everyone's going to go back to this permanent society, but that doesn't help anyone. Yeah, it would be more useful to just simply have done it to the U.S. and let the uh, global South move forward and you know actually use technology to actually benefit themselves. I don't know. Unrelated to tech is this but well, no. I mean, it's almost like a planned system of trying to equitably equitably distribute the production, the ownership of that production, and then also the 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 end product of that um, is better than just kind of willy nilly engaging in utopian fantasies about going back in time in development, which has never once happened. Like, beside like crazy plagues or some mass catastrophe, like which was not fun for anyone. But actually, to that point. The rest of that quote leads into the next one, too. This is still from the Jewish worker Twitter because they, like I said, they really went in. Uh, more from his manifesto, just finishing up that last quote, he says, many radicals fall into the temptation of focusing on, and I love this part, non-essential issues like racism, sexism, and sweatshops. <laughs> non-essential to whom, Ted? Like, comfortable white guys in the suburbs, maybe? Yeah, I think those are non-essential to you. Um, he goes on, because it is easy. Is it easy? Is it really easy to combat those things, Ted? They pick an issue on which the system can afford a compromise and on which they will get support from people like Ralph Nader, Winona LaDuc, the labor unions, and all the other pink reformers. Perhaps the system under pressure will back off a bit, the activists will see some visible result from their efforts, and they will have the satisfying illusion that they have accomplished something. But in reality, they have accomplished nothing at all toward eliminating the techno-industrial system. Wow, it's like he almost is stumbling upon the difference in performative measures done by companies and governments to act like they're doing something and the actual ex- system of exploitation underlying. But just to, to really put the, nail the, put the nail in the coffin here, 
this is from the Jewish worker. They just tweeted this themselves and they said the whole concept of anti-civilizationism is anti-human and Malthusianism and Malthusian, in my opinion. It's generally upper middle class white guys mad they have to deal with other people's shit and happy to see scores of people die and collapse if it means they can have their quiet cabin in the woods. I want luxury gay space communism. I couldn't agree more. That's perfect. I mean, it's textbook eco-fascism, and it's there's no. I actually saw an account that I won't say here that I followed that was posting like pro Ted Kaczynski saying like he wasn't actually the father of yeah. eco-fascism. Like, I'm sorry, but no, yeah. he was not a leftist. And now I've, I'm blocking your account because that's <laughs> some. And like, it actually like almost like was like gaslighting me because I'm like I've read things about how he is considered as you, as you said before, Mike. Like he. The right likes him and they you know rally around his comments and what he said and i'm like wait did i am i wrong did i like misread this am i what happened here and they're like no actually i was just he is he's a eco-fascist yeah and even if he wasn't like i still give much more credit to who adopts someone even after their death or whatever than what they actually said because a lot of times like that is more telling because you can read into somebody's work a lot of different things you can definitely interpret or even misinterpret things that they write um but you i think it is just more telling like who like i had this conversation with another friend of mine he was like nietzsche came up and he was like oh yeah he gets a bad rap because his sister was really the fascist one and she like selectively quoted a bunch of his stuff and uh he really isn't like that much of a fascist or whatever and people are just misinterpreting it it's like that may be the case but like what we have left of his stuff and like the way people interpret it still gets adopted by a bunch of fucking nazis so I don't really need to consider it all that valuable. It's like there are other valuable works. There's like legit Marxists. It's like we don't need to be taking shit from Ted Kaczynski and then trying to distort it. And like, it's it's not like we were like we're talking about angles. It's not like a couple like peppering of some problematic things amongst a generally good work with some quality ideas. It's like just a bunch of like nonsense racist shit with like I was saying teenage level analysis of politics and capitalism. It's like we don't really need to. It's not that valuable that we need to make so many excuses for it. Did you yeah. have something to wear? I saw you posting in here. Uh, yeah, so this was uh, something I saw earlier today posted uh, on Twitter from Roderick Day is uh, saying that like uh, on the topic of like every like people like you, Evan, saying that like uh, that uh, Ted Kaczynski was the father of eco-fascism. He's just like going in saying like it isn't anything new. The Nazis were all about cities are poison and we need to go back to the nature. That's what the blood, the soil and blood and soil. And then he's got uh, some uh, screenshots from text to back it all up. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen that, but I mean, it's yeah, I, I I didn't mention or wasn't thinking about like the Nazis and like their version of it. it was the same idea? Like they saw any kind of this multicultural ethnic or multicultural city as bad because it would, you know, just like how you often hear Republicans on the right hate, hate on cities because they don't they do have a mixture of people where they can't where in like you know the suburbs or even like the very very rural areas you can kind of weed out who you want you can have your little ethno states ethno cities so there's two more here in that selection of tweets uh from proletarians that i took he just like did a great job collecting this whole thread for me so i just oh they're perfect from him. Um, so this is another one from Uncle Authority on Twitter. They say, Ted Kaczynski makes his great contribution to anarchist theory by underlining the belief that New York Times and Washington Post are the apex of respectable journalism, which is fucking hilarious. Like, 
<laughs> maybe maybe like in 1995 it was a little different. I can't imagine it was that much better, but today it's just fucking hilarious. But uh, another quote from Ted here. So he said, uh, it looks like it's from Wikipedia. He says, in 1995, Kaczynski mailed several letters to media outlets outlining his goals and demanding a major newspaper print his 35,000-word essay, Industrial Society and Its Future, dubbed the Unabomber Manifesto by the FBI, verbatim. He stated he would, quote, desist from terrorism if this demand was met. There was controversy as to whether the essay should be published, but Attorney General Janet Reno and FBI Director Louis Frey, Frey, sorry, Frey, I think it is, recommended its publication out of concern for public safety and in the hope that a reader could identify the author. Bob Guccione of Penthouse volunteered to publish it. Kaczynski replied Penthouse was less than respectable than the New York <laughs> Times and the Washington Post. And Not by much. That, <laughs> well, I mean, I, is Penthouse still around? Like, I heard that they have, like, stories at least. <laughs> um, and no said clue. that, quote, to increase our chances of getting our stuff published in some respectable periodical, he would reserve the right to plant one and only one bomb intended to kill after our manuscript has been published, if Penthouse published the document instead of the Times or the Post. The Washington Post published the essay on September 19th, 1995. Funny. We stand a quirky cabin boy with niche hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and last one, and then we can wrap up the Ted thing. Sorry, I'll just read this real quick. <laughs> So Ted Kaczynski spent the last 15 years of his life responding to unbelievably brain-dead fan mail from people who never actually read anything he wrote. More or less the exact fate he deserved, really. Well, I mean, had anyone even, had like his name like even been, if you like searched the New York Times or the Washington Post for the last 20 years, would there really be any stories about him? Like, I, I don't feel like I've heard a, a peep about him. Well, like, since, like, no, I mean, he pretty much languished away in that jail cell and had like the little cult following that he had, but that was about it. Other than like the show they made about him on Netflix, which I don't know. I mean, that gave it like a pretty mediocre, I think, portrayal of him. Like it was not overly sympathetic, but it was definitely a little bit so. Did you watch that by any chance? I don't think I did. Was it like a, was it a, a do they have multiple seasons with different killers? No, it was just, a, it was, I thought it was Sam Worthington and it was just the, the oh. yeah, it's like the Netflix manhunt show. They have one for Ted Kaczynski and then they have one for the Olympic part. part I, I watched the Olympic uh, one. I guess didn't get to the, I guess the second season was the Ted Kaczynski. I didn't see it. Yeah. It's kind of confusing. And then they're not like listed under the same show. You got to find them separately. I know. Like I, maybe hunt. that's why I didn't see the second one. Fucking Netflix. <laughs> Trash. Let me see what else we had for, um, topics tonight do you remember anything off the top of your head i know trump got indicted we could talk about that like was that 37 right i haven't kept up too much with it well like in a row i, I think <laughs> yeah, it's like 37 charges joke. on the indictment yeah they, it's just, i just saw the, the pictures and that shit was hilarious the boxes yeah damn bitch you live like this <laughs> i saw um some tweet i i can't i couldn't find it or maybe it was on instagram or of a tweet or something but it was basically saying like they it would just be nice if something resolved like he actually went to prison obviously he's other things that presidents have done that are far more deserving but just so like it would just go away and that we could just i don't know it'd be interesting to see without trump like what the discourse would be like between democrats and republicans for 2024 or future elections because you can't hide behind like the trump bad thing anymore like what would it go back to it's, it's like a, you, you like forget pre-trump era Oh, well, that was something I've wanted to mention earlier when we were talking about the China spy bases is that uh, I've seen some liberals like doubling down on it and super happy about the news because now they can like demonize China. But not only that, because like the rough estimate timeline that the anonymous Biden official gave for how long the China's 
Bybase has been operating in Cuba, they're all like, oh, this happened under Trump's administration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gross as fuck. Like, what is even the implication there that Trump, like, let them do it as if you're supposed to stop them as the U.S.? It's like, you're just asking for fucking nuclear apocalypse if you try to have that level of confrontation with world powers of that magnitude. Like, I'm just keep getting closer and closer to nuclear annihilation. It's fucking insane. <laughs> it's like the assumption that, like, Putin told him to, like, do it during, like, I don't know. I, the, the, the logic is very sketchy. I mean. Another fucking thing that you say to liberals and you get laughed at if you say it, but it actually is the truth. And I, I fucking hate to admit it myself because it makes it sounds like I'm in the fucking league with Republicans. But Russiagate was a big fucking hoax. Like the whole Russiagate thing was fucking bullshit. Like from top to bottom, like there was obviously some influence, but like even the FBI and CIA that investigated it determined that Russia had a negligible influence on the 2016 election, the 2020 election on any kind of like actually influencing people's opinions to vote in one way or the other to vote for or not vote for Hillary. It's like, it was fucking negligible. And it's like shameful that people still think that that was the case. But again, it just goes back to Americans not wanting to admit how racist their country actually is. Liberals wanting to be in denial and think that their comfortable suburbs aren't racist and that they, you know, are pro progressive, that they're like a, a force for good and they're not like this fucking gentrifying thing in the, in the country. Like, and and that the fact that the actual influence on the election is like the gigantic corporations in this country that are influencing our elections. It's not, you know, and also, yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, to this day, I say like that whole, the whole Russiagate thing poisoned the minds of so many people that it turned, like no one was like thinking about Russia before 2015, 2016. Like they were just like, ah, they're doing their thing. And it made possible, like, the entire trajectory of, like, proxy war there now. Everything is all made easier because of Russiagate. I mean, like, anyone who is, like, in our side of the camp knows that nothing drove people to Trump more than the material conditions, more than just financial desperation, uh, going through meltdown after meltdown and not seeing any material improvement afterwards, like not actually being privy to the quote-unquote recovery from 2008 that everyone was so proud of afterwards. It's like, that happened for the 1%. That definitely did not happen for average working-class people. And that's why Bernie was so popular that they had to fucking sabotage him in every way that they could. And that's why Trump was so popular that they couldn't even sabotage him because, of course, far-right people get a lot more traction than the fucking genocidal, like, colonizer country of the U.S. Like, of course, that is the case. But we are getting a little off topic. We... <laughs> it's like it almost is old hat like i was thinking about it, i'm like how do we even talk about trump getting indicted getting indicted again because like evan you're saying like closure would be nice that's all everyone wants is just some kind of like final finality some kind of answer either way as to what is going to happen to this guy and i feel like because everyone wants that so much that is the one thing you are never going to get like even if trump dies someone else will still be talking about trump trumpism Someone will take up the mantle, probably one of his ugly ass kids or somebody who just feels charismatic enough to like be able to talk like he talks. Like it's just never uh, there'll be a end. QAnon theory that he didn't actually die. Of course, of course. Like Oh, dude, we're not ready for the fucking Trump bumpers <laughs> the post Trump dead Trump bumper stickers and t-shirts and fucking like merchandise that'll be everywhere with like Trump standing next to Jesus and God. <laughs> like, we're not ready for that. <laughs> Who's gonna die first, him or Kissinger? Him. Kissinger's, Kissinger's like, immortal. I you can't I mean, convince me otherwise at this fucking point. Like, dude, hundred. It's fucking absurd. I've I've been fucking waiting for it for a long time now. It's just not fucking happening. 
but yeah, I, mean, I was trying to think of how to even again talk about Trump being indicted because every time we've done this, like every time there's some kind of legal consequence that seems like it's going to happen for him, we just come on here and say, uh, "What do you guys want to do? You want to make predictions? You want to you want to say like whether he's going to go to jail or not?" And no, because you made fun of me last time. <laughs> or it's 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 bit, buddy. Oh yeah, zero days in prison. Uh, <laughs> all right, not a one. If he does, though, uh, Mike, I told you so. That's fine. <laughs> well, the, the, I, I mean, I think I've said before to other people, like, if he ever does, it'll be for something even, something, like, ironically stupid that no one even had heard of ever happening, and then he, like, he, like, killed some person randomly at some point, like, there's proof, like, a video of him actually pulling the trigger. Yeah. Like, all right, you gotta go to prison now. You grabbed the wrong pussy, sir. Like, I, I can, like, like, what could he even do that, like, would... That's the whole thing about it. Is like I would love to literally hear any liberal who believes that he will go to jail explain to me how that's going to happen. Just like tell me the story of how somebody that rich, an ex-president, goes to jail, like and for what, and like what kind of time that they do. Like maybe some like federal uh, country club time, like maybe one of those like really cushy prisons. But like it, we all know it'll be house arrest and like an ankle monitor or something. And like he'll profit off of it because then he'll write a book. Like. <laughs> He'd have to steal from like rich people for him to go to prison. Oh yeah, some Bernie Madoff style. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like you have to steal from the people that make the rules. Which is crazy now that to say that because he has done that. Like he's still stolen from plenty of people who are also. Yeah, I was thinking. Pay. I was like, I think he's done that before. It's like, but is it like that's like him? You mean like contractors from his old days, or I mean? Yeah, I mean maybe I am mistaking his contractors that he's ripping off for being close to as wealthy as him. And that's why he gets away with it. But yeah, maybe the battle will be when he like rips off Michael Lindell and like the, my pillow empire versus the Trump family. <laughs> it's like the Harkonnen house versus the Atreides. Like <laughs> uh, Trump's uh, if, if he does go to prison, he will still have like, is whatever the Twitter, what's the site he uses? Uh, oh, true social. Yeah. He'll be tweeting. I'll still use that there. And it'll like be like live tweeting, like his everything or live. Do you still call it live tweeting if you're not using Twitter? <laughs> Guess not. Do you still get uh, Secret Service in prison? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. No, that, probably not. That no one's ever. Had, that no one's ever had. I guess you like. I wonder if there's some rule that if you actually are, are you know, you're guilty under federal crime, you lose your all your presidential benefits. Your which perks, are pretty, which are pretty plush, I think, pretty cushy. I, um, it's only 10 years of Secret Service now. It's not like Lifetime anymore. Oh, is it 10 years? Yeah, I think uh, He's W pretty old, did that though. on his way out. Of course W to like spite Obama was like, uh, good luck. <laughs> he can afford the, the uh, afford it now, though. Obama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if not, he'll just ask for some money from Richard Branson, his pal. So <laughs> didn't I mean, how much did Obama get paid by Netflix? It must have been millions. Uh, I remember hearing about it on the Chapo, too. They said like, it was in the multi-millions like i want to say like tens if not a hundred million it was it was a lot of money it was like way more than anybody should get for some piece of shit that obama is producing like oh god when, when i when i i was like considering watching it just as like just to torture myself and then i heard that chat post and i'm like there's no there's no way i'm watching this yeah. 50 no, million let them, dollars let them do it like you got 50 million Jeez. For um, garbage i'm exhausted on the trump topic we can Start to move to wrap it up. I have one other thing I just want to touch on briefly since yeah. it did happen today was the fucking I-95 collapse in Philly. Um, since that's like dear to my heart. Like I've driven on that section like plenty of times. I remember that exit. Like 
um that's some crazy shit because now all the videos are surfacing of people who drove over it like minutes before it collapsed because they were just leaving it open like nobody thought that was going to happen they just had like this tanker okay so long story short there's a tanker that caught fire for some reason underneath an overpass on i-95 it burned long and hot enough that i guess it collapsed one side i want to say it's the southbound side of i-95 and you have all these videos on twitter of people from their cell phones in their cars one was like a retired cop and he was driving by as the other side collapsed you could like see it fucking drop um like his car shakes as he's going over it another video i saw was people going over that exact spot that collapsed just minutes before like i said they hadn't closed it and it was just the heat of it i guess had i mean the meme going around is the what jet fuel or tanker fuel can't melt concrete beams or some shit and they're like kenny did 611 it's fucking hilarious it's a perfect meme like yeah it's hilarious i mean it, it just i mean aside from just the fact that it just like compounds like in a less funny sense like there's a there's a in like an old job years ago i followed this uh infrastructure report card it's like this organization through engineering groups where they basically grade the united states infrastructure by state like drinking water bridges and like repeatedly pennsylvania is actually like one of the top two worst bridges in terms of infrastructure like in the entire country aside from the fact that the whole u.s is complete shit but like pennsylvania is at the top of that list it's like that we don't our infrastructure is, is horrible i mean horrible. pennsylvania is weird like i lived there for a while and i had to deal with their weird like privatized kind of dmv system it's so weird like when you have to renew your license or registration or anything like that in pennsylvania you don't go to just the dmv um like they exist but there's all these like weird private licensing places and it's just really strange and you end up paying more and the service is terrible and everything takes longer but that's what privatization fucking does and then ironically enough like all of pennsylvania like their liquor is like totally nationalized like you oh. cannot get alcohol that's not in a fucking state store and closes at 10 and you got to go different places for wine or beer and sunday is just different. pain in the ass dude like it sucks oh. yeah like on sundays you can't buy you can, for a long time you can only buy like six packs of beer at a bar on sundays like because of the yeah. their laws it's very it's gotten a little better now they allow some wine and beer in grocery stores which makes it easier but yeah if you want like a 30 pack you have to go to a beer distributor you can't just like go to the fucking place or something like i don't know that's definitely off topic from the infrastructure literally the only thing i have to say about the i-95 collapse um my only take is that pete's gonna fix it since we just spent so much fucking time talking about mayor pete on our other live shows like i have full confidence that he is going to be out there hands-on doing something and our infrastructure is going to get better anytime now <laughs> In that big galactic brain he's got, he's just going to, yeah. like, solve stuff. It'll take, like, a small fraction of his monumentous brain power to fix the, the I-95 class. Yeah, so the, the, in Pennsylvania in the year 2022, their bridges grade was a D plus. It said they had, like, an $18 billion shortfall of need to, like, fix all of their bridges. Killing it. $18 billion. And that's, like, one state, so probably across, like, you know, California, who God knows what they need. Shit. Yeah, I mean, my last, only... Yeah, last U.S. Uh, national infrastructure report card that I saw, the only thing that, the, like, wasn't a C or, like, D was uh, sewage. And that was a B. It was, like, the only thing. Everything else was D, D minus, few Cs. That's bad. It's bad here. Please, <laughs> President G. Hazardous wastes, roads, like all of our dams, public parks. I mean, it's just, it's crumbling. 
I feel like people uh, like I mean, think that it looks better than it is somehow. If we're just well, like I mean, used to this. This was like days after everybody in that whole area was also just breathing smoke. Like that infected the entire Northeast. <laughs> like we didn't even talk about the wildfires. I'm now finding all the topics that I listed that we could talk about tonight. Cause I had listed the wildfires to talk about the smoke that we all had to deal with for days on end. Um, Trump versus DeSantis. I had put in there and I had forgotten about the Taliban ending poppy cultivation. That was actually pretty cool to see. But um, yeah, I mean, going back to the, the bridge collapse and everything, my only take is that, like, it's just once again, all I can ever say is to ask people, liberals, conservatives, anybody who still has some kind of faith in the American project, like, tell me how it gets better. Tell me how, like, this actually gets changed in some significant way. Because still, the only thing that anyone can say is, like, some really half hearted gestures at, like, incrementalism, like, maybe some kind of technocratic solutions that don't really make things better for enough people. And I just don't understand, like, why people can't make the connection to realizing that the institutions are not there to serve you like you shouldn't have to see this example in this many fields like whether it's the infrastructure of the roads the water the air that's literally getting poisonous to breathe now um it's like we used to be able to watch these things from afar like the california wildfires were a thing that we would watch on the news out here you know poor nat i'm sure had to actually deal with them in firsthand but now this is like everyone out here in the northeast like in the last couple months We've either been poisoned by a fucking spilled train. Um, there was some stuff that also spilled in like the Susquehanna River or the Schuylkill River, I guess, in Philly. Um, like that, that same section of I-95 or pretty close to it also flooded. That was that same overpass in Philly that was like underwater and people were driving boats through it last summer. Like people seem to have forgotten about that already. It's like all these things are mounting in increasing frequency. And I guess the connections are still not there or people are making the connection. But again, we're just not getting any, any kind of representation of that in our media apparatus because it is all fucking propaganda. They also get so with the with the whole thing with the smoke, I posted like that account you were talking about the proletarist had a good yeah. uh, could post about that, too. And I posted it on to TikTok, and I got all these people being like, oh, but Biden passed like the biggest green you know, bill or whatever it is. And I th- and the point of the, me saying that is I feel like something happens, whether it's like even a good bill or not, that it gets a lot of publicity, like the infrastructure bill or some other bill. And people are like, oh, like, I guess this is like what we can do. And I think that's just your expectations are so low. And then they see like some trillion dollar bill pass and like, oh, this is good. So we're like going to fix stuff. Like, I don't think like the propaganda of the news is to say like that's the best we can do like you can't do better like there's the system does not allow it and so they're just yeah i I got into an argument with this person about it being like oh yeah the the infrastructure bill or the climate change bill like oh we rejoined the paris accord like that's going to fix anything and I, i think people really don't make the connection that there is like some better possible path yeah, included in the uh, Biden climate bill was like giving out tens of millions of <laughs> like square miles for ocean deep sea ocean drilling, like on a in per Alaska. year basis for like the next ten years, at least. That, I, like that was included in the bill. Like, okay, p- sh- prove that it's actually this progressive, secure, safe bill, climate bill that you say it is when that's right there in it. I, I think I mentioned that, and the response to that was like, oh, we can't just like turn off the faucet to oil. It's like, well, you could just stop letting them get more of it. 
Like, yeah, you could have the ones you already have, but stop selling more. It's just like, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around that. Well, we can, um, rather than try to like just milk it for the next 10 minutes, I feel like we should just wrap it up here. Um, we can leave some other topics for the next time. We can talk about the Taliban eradicating poppy production. Um, I guess just in short, critical support for the Taliban. Never thought I would say that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, obviously the Taliban fucking suck, but yeah, I mean, I guess the, all the fucking, what do you call them? What's that family? The, not Perkins, the, uh, that did the opium thing, something with a P, right? Not Purdue. Yeah. Everybody uh, knows the fucking family that, that is responsible for the opiate, opiate crisis. I just can't remember their name. The Sacklers. Why well, don't know why I thought Sacklers, yeah. The P. Yeah. Those oh, fuckers. It's... Like, so now the poor Sacklers will have to find a different supplier for the drugs they're pushing, I guess, rather than the Taliban. So <laughs> poor Sacklers. I mean, they were also recently in the news because they just got shielded. Um, I think it was Brett from Rev Left even had like a good post on his story saying like in any sane and rational country, these people would be sent to work camps um, or just fucking executed for the horrors that they've committed to countless millions of people. But in this country, they are allowed to pay a slap on the wrist kind of fine and then shielded from further legal recourse for the rest of their lives. Like that's what happens in this country. So you know, a quick tangent yeah. from the Taliban to the opiate abusers here. You'd be executed for less than that. Yeah. Yay, capitalism. Woo. All right, let's wrap it up, guys. Thank you. We'll uh, do this again next week. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. All right. Later. Later.